after a six-year absence, following a protracted legal dispute and constant rewrites of the script, James Bond finally returned to the silver screen. In 1995, the new 007, Pierce Brosnan, would have the dark, brooding good looks of Connery, Lazenby and Dalton, but he would also pull off the charm, sophistication and wit of Roger Moore. I'm Stephen Archibald and welcome to my movie podcast. you a warm welcome to They Came From Within Cult Movie Reviews Gold Standard Goldeneye 1995 We were living in a post-Soviet Union world when Goldeneye came out in November 1995 Its storyline reflected such geopolitical changes Events kick off in 1986 Bond and his fellow MI6 agent, Alec Trevelyan, are sent on a typically precarious assignment. They are tasked with destroying a Russian chemical weapon site called Archangel. Despite the apparent death of Trevelyan, 007 manages to succeed in his mission. We then move forward to 1995 and Bond ends up having to prevent Goldeneye, a secret satellite equipped with a nuclear electromagnetic pulse weapon from striking the city of London. And the man behind this fiendish scheme proves to be someone he least expected. The legendary film producer, Curry Broccoli, wasn't well enough to oversee Goldeneye, the 17th official Bond movie. So, he acted as a consulting producer to his equally capable successors, his daughter Barbara and stepson Michael G. Wilson. Sadly, Cubby passed away on the 27th of June 1996 at the age of 87. He lived long enough to see the two men he most wanted to play James Bond, Dalton and Brosnan, do just that. The filmmakers took no chances when it came to casting the central role. In case they lost out on Pierce again, they had approached the likes of Hugh Grant, Liam Neeson, Mel Gibson and Ray Fiennes. There were, of course, no problems securing Brosnan this time round, although it's said that the role would have otherwise gone to the English actor Paul McGann. And as for Fines, he would play Bond's boss M two decades later. Pierce Brosnan was announced as the new James Bond 
at a press conference which was held on the 8th of June 1994 at London's Regent Hotel, looking very unbond-like at the time, sporting a heavy beard for his role in Daniel Defoe's Robinson Crusoe. Even though Brosnan had played an enemy KGB agent in the 1987 movie adaptation of Frederick Forsyth's The Fourth Protocol, you can still interpret it as an excellent screen test for his suitability as James Bond. Up against Michael Caine's British agent, he looked cool, he looked edgy. Pierce is, quite possibly, the best looking actor to play 007 thus far. But what with my being half Irish, I'm duty bound to say this. What with his death being faked at the beginning of the picture, the main villain of the piece is Alec Trevelyan, who's portrayed by the dashing Sean Bean, best known at this stage for playing the heroic Sharp on TV. Bean was one of the actors considered to replace Roger Moore in The Living Daylights. Eight years on from that film, he would now get to play the main villain Bond would come up against. Trevelyan is the head of a crime syndicate called Janus, which is highly apt considering his duplicitous behaviour. One of the things I love about A View to a Kill is that the main villain has a strong henchwoman. That combination is repeated here, also to great effect. The stunning Dutch ex-model, Fumpke Janssen, was cast to play Xenia on a top. Her performance is so vibrant, so alive, that Xenia's a far more memorable villain than Trevelyan is. Onotop has a habit of killing men by crushing them to death between her thighs. Now I can't speak for you, but there are plenty of us men and women who believe that there are far worse ways to die. And it's good to know that Thumpka did much of the stunt driving in that funky Ferrari. Thumpka is of course also much loved for portraying Dr. Jean Grey in the X-Men movies. The Polish-born beauty Isabella Skorupko plays Natalia Simonova, a young Russian computer programmer who aged James in his mission against Janus. The role had originally been offered to the supermodels Ava Hutsigova and Paulina Poritzkova. A few years prior, Lois Maxwell had expressed a desire to play Bond's MI6 boss, M. A woman finally got to play this pivotal role in this movie. Modelled on Stella Remington, who was the Director General of MI5 at the time, the part went to the outstanding, much-loved actress, Judi Dench, making an unforgettable introduction, 
when she tells Bond, I think you're a sexist, misogynist dinosaur, a relic of the Cold War. But even the new M grows fond of him in the end. The movie's music score was done by the Frenchman Eric Serra, a man who has often collaborated with Luc Besson. Unfortunately, his soundtrack was not embraced by all. However, there's no denying the excellence of the GoldenEye theme tune. After the Rolling Stones had turned down the opportunity of writing it, the task was given to U2's Bono and the Edge. They were living in the south of France and were neighbours with the wonderful Tina Turner. May she rest in peace. She was presented with the lyrics and soon accepted to perform it. It was an inspired team up as I feel that Goldeneye is one of the greatest Bond theme tunes. The marvellous Scottish actor Robbie Coltrane who we sadly lost in October last year is memorable as the shifty Russian gangster Valentin Zukovsky. This was the last picture the fine special effects supervisor Derek Meddings worked on. He passed away two months before Goldeneye came out at the age of 64, the movies dedicated to him. Meddings was awarded a posthumous BAFTA for his work on this movie. One of the film's main set pieces, The Tank Chase, took four weeks to film and it was shot at Leavesden Studios in Hertfordshire. Other locations used to make Goldeneye were Puerto Rico, Monte Carlo and, for the first time ever in the series, Russia. After the Hong Kong action director John Woo had turned down the movie, the New Zealander Martin Campbell was brought in. He did such a fine job rebooting the franchise that he got to do so again with Casino Royale 11 years later. And even though we had a new Bond, M and Miss Moneypenny on this picture, a strong emotional link to the past was maintained, with Desmond Llewellyn continuing in his role as Q. Filming took place between the 16th of January and the 2nd of June 1995. GoldenEye premiered at Radio City Hall in the States on the 13th of November 1995, making $356.4 million at the box office from a $60 million budget, thereby proving to be a huge success. Must be the luck of the Irish. I'm Stephen Archibald, and thank you very much for listening to my podcast. They came from within cult movie reviews. All of my episodes are available to listen to or download on most podcast sites. Look after yourself and goodbye.